Welcome to 84's Podcast. I'm Mr. Acevedo here with... Miss Anita. Here on a wonderful day. It's getting warm, is it? Beg to differ. I'm quite chilly today, but it was actually snowing when I went out for lunch. I know, but spring is on the horizon. Uh, one more week, or less than a week, for spring to arrive officially, okay. according to the calendar. Not the groundhog. Ground, no, not the groundhog. Not the Sorry. groundhog, and not the forecast either. <laughs> It'll get warm soon enough. Yeah, if I hear the word nor'easter one more time, I actually think we're having one more. Okay. I hope not. I hope that's not the case. I'm ready to uh, break out the sweaters and welcome the flowers. That's right. Well, the rain comes first. Yeah. Well, that's April. April showers. Yeah. Bring a lot of soggy, muddy feet into the house. <laughs> that's right. So how are you, Miss Anita? I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing well. I'm hanging in there. Um, we have, what, two more weeks before spring break? That's right. Yay! That's right. But we'll be busy working. We will. Yeah, we're always working. So you had a special guest, another special guest. Yes, um, we are continuing our um, series where we're speaking to clinical psychologists on various topics of interest to parents with young children. So our last visitor was uh, Tammy Kaminer, Dr. Tammy Kaminer, and we talked about um, the influence of uh, electronics in the lives of right. young children. You know, um, that topic really, I guess, resonated oh, with sure. me. Like, you know, former computer teacher, mm-hmm. I had a, you know, I was in the background listening and right. spoke to her afterwards, and she had a lot to offer. It was right a lot of good information. Yeah. Nowadays, um, you have to keep up with um, the ever-changing technology out there and it was good to get some uh, professional input from her that's right so without further ado okay um, I'd like to introduce the our listening audience to a podcast that we recorded uh, not too long ago with dr. Tammy Kaminer of the Allen White Institute enjoy Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the PS84 podcast. Uh, I'm Miss Anita with PS84, and I'd like to welcome uh, our guest this afternoon, Dr. Tammy Kaminer of the William Allison White Institute. Uh, She works alongside Nancy Freeman Carroll, Dr. Nancy Freeman Carroll. Um, And today, Dr. Kaminer is here to discuss with us what may be the perils of um the digital world and the negative impact it may have on our children welcome uh tammy it's very nice to be here and in addition to the perils i want to also talk about some of the benefits oh great pros and cons pros and cons that's right um tammy in some of my discussions with our ps84 parents um they were concerned uh about what the effects of emfs are and um emfs are electric magnetic fields yeah electromagnetic fields. electromagnetic fields on the brain development and what are the health implications so as far as I know there's no definitive answer to that um, I think what a lot of people do and sort of a, a rule of thumb could be to just make sure that the cell phones and laptops are not right near 
your head when you're sleeping. So, you know, at the end of the day for children to plug them in or charge them in another room, not in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. It's a precaution. Okay. I find working in a public school, um, children are getting cell phones at a much younger age than they used to once upon a time. Um, And I know that the purpose for that is parents want to keep tabs on their children or have access to their child. Um, A lot of parents are working parents Mm -hmm. and they just want to be able to communicate with their child um, in between the ending of the school day and perhaps before the child gets home. Um, They can't always monitor the use of the phone. Um, What suggestions do you have for parents um, that are in that situation where the child is not always being monitored? Right. So during the day, um, and I guess we're still relating back to the electromagnetic fields. Mm-hmm. Is, is that? Yes. Okay. Um, one of the things you can do is at younger ages, give them a very basic phone that's not, um, doesn't really operate like a computer. It just has a basic call function, mm-hmm. maybe texting. Um, and it, because you're not, when you're not there to monitor, I don't know if you allow the students to use, have phones on them during the day. Well, our cell phone policy here at the school is that they can have them. We should not see them. Right. So they should right. not be out during the school day. Right. So for the younger children who don't need or aren't quite ready, um, a simple basic phone is not so tempting. So mm-hmm. they're just not going to use it that often. When you say that, I think of the jitterbug that the senior citizens have yes. where, you know, it's just really, really yeah. basic. And yeah. isn't it funny how everything goes full circle, right? right? So you start really basic right. and you end up really basic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that, that, that's, that's good. That's a good suggestion. Um, limited um, apps. And, um, yeah, it's just not as interesting, so they no, don't take it out as Right, much. so they get to use it for... But it is true. I Actually, there were two videos um, that I've recent, I recently looked at. One shows, um, people might have seen it, it's a, a toddler with an iPad, and the parent takes it away and then gives them magazines and books, and they're trying to use their finger to poke it and make things happen. Oh, and then the toddler yeah. gets really frustrated and starts to get a little distressed, and they calls for the iPad, you know, eh, 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 and mm-hmm. the mom brings it back, and, and she relaxes again. Isn't that funny? So earlier and earlier ages, I think, is, is true. Yeah. Well, um, some of the parents are concerned um, that if they don't have that electronic exposure yeah. to the child, you know, for the child at an earlier age, that somehow the child would be lacking right. um, as they progress academically. Um, and so they tend to um, expose the child at an mm-hmm. earlier age. And I myself have met people who are very impressed that their one-year-old can navigate, yes. you know, the phone. and that's right. And um, is that a valid concern? I mean... Yeah, I think it is. I mean, this is also kind of a moving target. When I first really started paying attention to this originally because of my own children, um, I guess it was about five years ago, and there was less available, and even then children were starting a little bit later. And one of the things that keeps changing is what do they really need access to? both to be sort of aware culturally of what their peers are doing and to be able to, you know, keep up academically at school. So there's what do they actually need to do and what what parts are extra and really are taking away time from other activities like play, 
talking to people, being bored, being on their own, it, the balance is very hard to find. Mm -hmm. And one recommendation I would have is uh, a website called, well, let me just, I have it here, Common Sense Parenting, that's what it is. Yeah. Common Sense Parenting is so helpful, they have, uh, I'm just looking it up here, they have um, reviews of movies and apps and, um, uh, you, you know, just suggestions right. for parents. And I, I think also it's very important to keep talking to other parents about it because what each child needs depends, you, you know, it's like you said, some parents really need to be able to keep tabs of their child, mm -hmm. so they need them to have a phone. Some parents want to make sure the child knows how to use basic has basic fluency with technology but that doesn't mean they have to be using it all the time right right and they should always be supervised well the how younger, much is the younger they are yes they should right. be supervised supervision is another thing that it really a lot of it comes back to it's one more piece of parenting and what's unusual about it is that none of us were parented in this area because it didn't exist right so we have no sort of default knowledge of what to do, and we're not—we don't have—we don't have fluency in digital technologies the way young children do. Mm -hmm. So they're teaching us how to do a lot of it, which makes it harder to monitor them. Right. But it's one piece of parenting, and just like you have to set limits with your children around um, doing homework and going to sleep and not eating only junk food, so you have to set limits around digital technology with children. How much, how many snacks can you have in a day? How many um, apps can you go through in a day? How many video games can you play in a day? How much time can you spend on social media in a right. day? And you try and set up guidelines to help them along and check in, but if you're constantly sort of stalking them, mm -hmm. then they figure out ways to go behind your back and they don't trust you in that area anymore. Right. Right. What is a good age for a child to be introduced to social media? Um, and and how can we help parents um, oversee that? Yeah. Um, like I would say, it's like anything else with your children. You slowly ease them into it. So, if a parent is on Facebook or on Snapchat or something, they can show their child what they're doing mm -hmm. and how it works, so that they're familiar with it. And it's very important to teach um, digital citizenship. You know and safety, so help them understand that uh, when you put, whatever you put on digital media stays there forever. And you should imagine yourself talking to your teacher or to your parents because anything you put out there right. can be sent to anyone. Right. So you start teaching them how this medium works. Because I've talked to so many children who, they think they're just talking to their friends. They're on some platform and the school may be monitoring it or their parents are monitoring it or someone sends it to someone else and that child gets upset and tells their parent next thing they know the whole school knows and they say but i was just talking to my friend so you really or from early on you can start explaining the way you do with anything else when mm -hmm. you have an opportunity you start teaching them how it works and then when they're ready to go usually you'll find out because they'll say oh my friend just got um snapchat i want to get on snapchat or and then you can look into it with them mm -hmm. and you develop some limits around it with them. Can you talk a little bit about cyberbullying? Sure. Um, once children get on that social media networks, 
Um, we hear a lot about cyberbullying. Um, as an individual, I myself, I sometimes don't understand how it progresses so negatively um, and why we as people just don't shut it down as soon as we see signs of it. Um, I hear about cyberbullying cases where it's an ongoing thing for months at a time. Could you think of an example? Oh, gosh. I mean, we've had stories um, mm -hmm. on the news um, in recent years where there are situations where there's cyberbullying to the point where um, a young child may hurt themselves because... Right, so those are the most extreme cases. Yes, extreme cases. So what I find with cyberbullying is that it falls in the broader category of just digital citizenship. You know, through school and through your parents and through being part of a family and a community, you learn how to treat other people in the physical world. And children really need to go through that same process in the digital world. And increasingly schools are starting to provide that. So some of the um, key topics are safety, just how to keep your computer safe and your phone safe and have passwords and good security in your system, your operating system. Part mm -hmm. of it is the idea of privacy, mm -hmm. that you know, you really understand who you're sharing it with, that when you're on a platform like Facebook, you have to understand who has access to anything you're posting on Facebook, and you have to take some time to understand that. Um, things like figuring out if a stranger could access more information about your identity, I think that every time a parent is thinking about letting their child go on some platform, they should at least do a Google search and understand the privacy settings on it. So they, they can, and go explain it to the child, explain how it works, because there's um, a behind the scenes to all of these apps. Right. And the more you understand how it works, the better you can protect the child and teach them to protect themselves. Um, I think also, just like some children are more vulnerable in the physical world, some children are more vulnerable in the digital world. So there are a lot of kids who um, would tell someone before the bullying got really bad, and then there are more vulnerable kids who might not. So I would say if you start noticing anything about your child changing or you know, and you can't figure out anything, it doesn't seem like anything's happening in the classroom, doesn't seem like anything's happening at home, they're not sick. I would explore a little what's going on. Is mm -hmm. something going on online? And isn't there like a level of anonymity online? Um, and, and, and maybe that's why um, cyberbullying is so prevalent or can be? Well, there certainly <clears throat> is a level of anonymity. I find nowadays children are very savvy about the basic safety stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're really quick to figure out when something is sketchy. Um, some I find sometimes with more impulsive children, they think it's funny some they're posting someone's posting like really outrageous stuff and they're responding because they think it's funny and they don't realize that it might be a very disturbed person an adult who really has right but in general i think children are more aware and the bullying is more done by peers and it's more things like um there's an app called musically that was very popular l3 l3 we know we're in a school. There, there was an app called Musical.ly, and there was a girl in the school where I worked who was um, very shy, kind of vulnerable kid, and she was performing on Musical.ly. You kind of lip sync uh, 
It's, it's like karaoke, but mm -hmm. it's online and then you post it to your friends. And she found out that a group of children were making fun of her, her um, you know, performance at a party that she wasn't invited to, and that was devastating. Oh, my. So that's more in the school yeah. the kind of thing where it's the, the, the digital world and the physical world are not separated when it comes to social media and online video games. Mm -hmm. So the kids go on and have these interactions where they don't see the other person's face. They don't see them starting to feel hurt. Mm -hmm. um, they, there is a sense of anonymity and um, you're not getting negative feedback and you become an extreme version of yourself. Right. And then they get to school and they can't believe how upset the other person is. Right. So right. that's, I think, is more common. On the upside, and there is an upside. Um, <laughs> there absolutely is. Yeah. Um, electronically, digitally, um, it can be more inclusive, right? Because, you know, children tend to um, separate into groups where right. they all dress the same, right. they look the same. Um, they've got to have the certain sneakers. Mm -hmm. um, social media doesn't allow for that. I mean, there's a level of... Uh, privacy where you don't have to show what you look like mm -hmm. um, so you can be more inclusive right mm -hmm. as long as you you're all talking about the same subjects right. and your experiences um, it does away with the not fitting in mm -hmm. um, physical aspect of it right. um, and I know um, some young people who I've worked with who are having a hard time socially in school because there's something about them that is not typical with the school it could be anything it could be um you know they're more artistic the school isn't artistic they're more questioning of gender issues the school isn't like that or many of the kids are not like that and they f can find like-minded people online that right. might be in another country you know but um, they, it's someone they can connect to yeah um i think also i've seen i work with children on the autistic spectrum who can find ways to connect in video games. They, they play together with friends, mm -hmm. and but they don't have to have so much interpersonal contact. They can enjoy being together through the game. Right. And those friendships are very important to them. Even if they never meet each other, they talk to each other and connect. Right. Each, it's yeah. um, the new age pen pal, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Like playing games like my kids are into Fortnite. Yeah. And they're playing with all different people. Some they know, some they don't yeah. know. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Hmm. Um, there was another hmm. thing. How can my my perennial question is how much time, and how do you structure it, and how do you get the kids to agree to limits? So I think of it as being the same as setting limits around junk food and sleep and homework and how much time you can be out with your friends, um, and. I think you have to start doing it earlier. The earlier you start it, the easier it is, where it's just matter of fact. And it can be a simple thing that at nighttime you plug your phones in in the living room and you're done. At a certain hour you're done, at a certain hour the, t the screens go off. It gets much harder to do this with adolescents. But with adolescents, you can always say, if, you, if you're not respecting, you know, it's a privilege. These are all privileges. These are not, it's not a need, maybe sort of a social need at this point, but it's not really a need. Mm -hmm. So you can say, um, 
you know, it's a privilege and it comes with responsibilities. And if you can't follow these rules, we're going to have to take it away for a period of time. So just to get them in that understanding that, you know, this is not their God-given right to have these technologies and they can live without them. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the parents were concerned um, on how they would engage their children in their primary experience without completely shutting out the, the digital world. Right. Uh, can you elaborate on that a little? Do you know what they meant by the primary experience? Um, actually, I don't know. Um, so I'll I would the way the way I would think about it, the way I think about it with even with my own children. It's so important to play. It's so important to be out in the world, like connecting to people, talking to people, having a good time with people, being out in nature. You know, it's very important to be bored. It's important to have to hunt around for something interesting to do. Um, one of the things I really see with the digital technologies is anytime you're bored, and I do this at this point too, anytime you're bored, you can turn to it. Anytime you're uncomfortable, anytime you're anxious. And I see teenagers socializing together and they're close friends, but as soon as like there's a lull, everyone turns to their phone. Mm-hmm. So what are they not learning how to do? You know, I, I wonder about that. We we didn't do that. Right. You sit there, you get a little bored, you get a little anxious, you wait, you think of something else to say, and you become skilled at doing it because you keep doing it. Right. So I do wonder about that. Um, I think there's always a way to have both. A tricky piece of this is that as adults, even though we didn't grow up with it, a lot of us are also very attached to our technologies. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of times when, I mean, I know this as a parent, I, my kids will say to me, stop texting. And I'll say, it's just a work text. I have, to, you know, mm-hmm. that it's, we have to model what we want them to do. So right. it's good to have times, dinner time. This is no screens right now, even if it's 10 minutes. Right. Have you seen those commercials with, um, what is that actor, Will? There's a great one that I actually had wanted to show. It's, um, I'm going to see if this was the one you were talking about. Yeah, the the family puts all of their cell phones into a basket at the dinner table. And the only one who can't seem to do it is the is dad. dad. <laughs> and the children are sitting around the table saying, I miss dad. And, yeah. and he's cracking up about some funny right. posting that he's reading off of his cell phone. That's right. And so all of us are getting used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I, I really emphasize don't blame yourself as a mm-hmm. parent. Mm-hmm. This is the world we're living in now, and no one trained us for dealing with it, and we're all trying to navigate it. Um, so do the best you can. If you can say, if you notice everyone's on their cell phone, you mm-hmm. can say, hey, why don't we take a 10-minute break? No phones at the dinner table. And if everyone protests and complains, one of the things is you, you then have to bring in something else for them to do. Because there's, it's like if you can provide another thing to do, then the phones become less relevant. Not at the dinner table. Conversation. Conversation, yeah. right. But I'm also finding that a lot of the parents are the problem um, themselves. And I'm also coming to realize that people are using their cell phones as a crutch. Yeah. Um, and that came to, to light recently when I was in an elevator. Mm-hmm. 
And once upon a time, when you were in an elevator and there was a lull, right, yeah. as there is, right, talk about people the would talk about the weather, <laughs> yeah. right? And then you'd actually have to look at them right. as they made their comment, right? Right. And you got to know who your neighbors were. Yeah. Like, neighbors don't have to literally live in the apartment next to right. you. They could be two right. floors down, right. five floors up. But you knew the as soon as you get in, into an elevator, now it's almost awkward right yeah. so people just pull out the cell phone yeah. and they just go through yeah. it even if they're not looking at anything legitimately right. it's just a way to avoid eye contact or and, to deal with and anxiety exchanging pleasantries yeah so like what's up with that so you to teach your kids um if you live in a building where there are people who grew up before all this happened you make a point of doing it with them and they your kids watch you and they see it Mm -hmm. Anytime you can, anytime you know you at the cashier, make a point of talking to them. Teach your kids to hold door. Just basic civility, acknowledging another person's right. Existence. But when the parent is the problem, there's like no op there. They can't teach their child if they don't recognize it in themselves. Um, I think. I'd, when you say the parent is the problem, you mean that the parent is. They can be the problem. Is doing that with the. I think that. Um, Another thing about I've noticed about cell phones, you know, they were supposed to save us time, but now everyone expects you to respond right away. Oh, absolutely. And heaven forbid if my call drops yeah. and I'm driving and I get I didn't get to finish my sentence, uh, I'm like outraged and my husband's like, Well, don't you remember not that long ago you weren't even able to call me from the car? Right. I'm like, Yeah, 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 I right. remember. It's like but it's we've becomes gotten spoiled. the new normal. So the parents, I think, feel a lot of pressure too. People are on their phones for all different reasons. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think when you notice it, you see your children like on their phones, not talking to you. It's a good time to just comment on it, reflect on it. Huh? We're all on our phones. Wait, like, yeah. can we talk? Yeah. Just pause and notice it. I remember when I was growing up, my mom used to say to me, "I would be watching TV." <laughs> And she would watch me watching TV, and she would say to me, watch the commercials. Who are the commercials for? And some of them were clearly for mom, some of them were for kids, and so I would tell her that. And she's like, well, that's who, the, whoever the advertiser is, is going for, that's who the show is trying, that's the audience they're trying to capture. And what it did was it made me realize that there's, um, there's a curtain, and behind it there are people doing something. This mm -hmm. is not just... It's not, you know, it's the same thing with the digital technology. You can just say, we're all on our phones. Just step back a little and mm -hmm. wonder about it. Mm -hmm. it. Rather than becoming, get off your phone now, because then children resist. Right, right. So at the end of the day, Dr. Uh, Tammy, um, parents should just apply these rules and guidelines as they would for the general Parenting. Parenting, right. And, like, and Common Sense Media is really a great resource. Yes. There are blogs. Um, commonsense.org, I, I believe. I think it is, yeah. You yeah. can also just Google Common Sense Media, and you should be able to get it. Okay. Well, I've had a very enjoyable conversation with you, and I Thank hope you. that you come Thank back you to visit me. us again soon. I would love We're to. looking forward to the next uh, podcast. Great. Um, once again, Dr. Tammy Kaminer. Thank you very much, and we'll see you soon. Wow, that was 
really interesting. I learned a lot from Dr. Kaminer, and I was really grateful that she was able to come in and share some of her expert advice on some of the issues that our parents are facing today. That's right. Well, talking about technology, Anita, guess what? What? We're on iTunes now. That's what? exciting. Wow. So do you mean there's like a Grammy on our horizon somewhere down the line? <laughs> they're, like they're we, just we upgraded to Grammy status? There, I think so. I see it. Oh, my gosh. And what's the other one? The raspberries? <laughs> <laughs> when, when you're not really well oh, accepted yes. into. Yeah. So yes. no raspberries for us. No, no, no. We have about 87 listeners, but we're growing. That, it's, <laughs> 87 so is better sad. than. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so tell your friends about Please us. Please tell your friends, and maybe you can sneak into their homes and listen on their devices. <laughs> okay, so um, till we meet again. Yes, we'll see you next week. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. You stay warm, Mr. Acevedo, right. and happy weekend to you. Yes. All right. To you as well. All right. Bye. Bye.